Hello, and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. And today, I'm going to be talking about some superheroes. I'm going to be talking about some Marvel superheroes. I'm going to be talking about that time in the 90s when Marvel decided that they really needed an answer to the Teen Titans. Okay. So do you know what uh, team of teenage heroes they created? Uh, there's so many new ones coming out. I don't know. Young but don't ones? think of the new ones. Think, think of the teen heroes that from Marvel that have been out for a while now. The 90s. 90s? Uh, something something X-Men. Nope. Well, probably. There are probably some teenage X-Men, but no. Today we're talking about the New Warriors. Oh. Not the new New Warriors. The the old New Warriors. Comics are dumb. Comics are great. So, the New Warriors was created in the 1990s by editor Tom DeFalco, who brought together existing Marvel comic characters Firestar, Marvel Boy, Namorita, Nova, and Speedball, as well as the newly created Night Thrasher, to form a team of young superheroes known as the New Warriors. Huh. And they were not sidekicks, as some prior team superheroes had been. Yeah. And then they were featured in their own eponymous series from 1990 until 1996, written by Fabian Nicieza, with art by Mark Bagley, and then after their 75-issue original run, they had occasional revivals. They had one in the late 90s that only ran for 11 issues, but did introduce some other characters. They also had a six-issue miniseries that saw them as their leads in their own TV show, and that culminated with uh, Speedball exploding in Connecticut, and that was the issue that created the Civil War. Oh, and then a few years later, there was a completely new version of the New Warriors that was entirely made up of X-Men who had lost their powers due to the events of House of M, back when Scarlet Rich said, no more mutants. And then yeah. and then she didn't have time to say, nah, more mutants, uh, because yeah. then, I don't know, she got exploded or something. Comics are weird. This was, <laughs> thanks, thanks to the combination of the Civil War and House of M, there was a good ten years where Jubilee, you know Jubilee of the X-Men, who is the power of fireworks? There was a good ten years where her powers was she's a vampire. Oh. Oh, yeah! The Marvel Universe is actually chock full of vampires, so, um, Blade has been busy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Jubilee lost her powers, and then she was briefly a new warrior, and then she was a vampire for a good deal of time, and then I think it was also around this time that Wolverine taught her how to sword fight. I mean, Wolverine has a lot of skills. He's the best he is at what he does. And what he does seems to be teach... The young women who look up to him how to fight with swords. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, it was only in the past few years that she got devampirized and then got her firework powers back. Which is, I think, the, the longest time that a Marvel character has stayed in any kind of position. <laughs> There's been any, like, status quo. Jubilee's time as a vampire lasted longer than Confederacy. Jubilee's time as a vampire lasted longer than any of the Marvel reboots. Yeah, probably. I mean, well, here's the thing. Marvel never did reboots in the sense that DC did. They just like those number one issues because they know that they sell so well. Yeah, see, they do soft reboots where all the continuity is the same, but it's always just a new number one. Every month, a new number one issue. <laughs> We've canceled this number one after one issue so we can make a new number one with the entirely same cast and creative team. Why? Because we can. Because, uh, business machine go uh, But we're not here to talk about Jubilee. We're here to talk about the first volume of New Warriors, and also the fifth volume of the New Warriors. Maybe dabbling in the second volume of New Warriors, and completely ignoring the sixth volume of New Warriors. Okay. The sixth volume is the new New Warriors, where the, the children had the power of being millennials, and they, their names were Snowflake and Safe Space. And oh, I hate them all, yeah. except for be negative and maybe screen time because he was exposed to experimental internet gas. <laughs> okay. So, with New Warriors, I mentioned last week that I was kind of inspired by the kind of generational legacy stuff going on in Stargirl right now, which is great, and you should watch it. 
and they just introduce a new contender for the next Catradora. Okay. Um, but we're we're not here to talk about Stargirl yet. DC is a different week. One one day I'll make. Yeah, <laughs> one day I'll just have my own Stargirl appreciation podcast. Yeah. So I was inspired by the legacy situation um, of Stargirl, and I wanted to see, kind of think about what Marvel's answer to that would be. And see, when Marvel comes to legacy, the first thing you would think of is really the Young Avengers, which yeah. are a 2006 team. A lot of people are more familiar with the Young Avengers. Actually, yeah. a lot of people only know the New Warriors because they directly blamed them for starting the Civil War, and it's just kind of like... After that happened, everyone decided that the New Warriors title was cursed and any attempt at reviving it would fail. And so they kind of... So the first revival, obviously, it's a Lex one, so that's not going to work. And the second revival was really, really good. And I really like that one, and I have every issue still. And then the third revival is the bad one (laughs) that we're not going to worry about. Um, But yeah, so people assume that New Warriors is cursed, but Young Avengers is great. And Young Avengers does kind of deal with legacy just because everyone on Young Avengers is kind of sort of modeled after an existing Avengers member. Yeah. But Marvel doesn't have a lot of legacy characters when you look at DC, which is almost entirely composed of legacy characters, it would seem. Mm-hmm. So my idea for New Warriors is, oh, and also I wanted to stick, keep with some kind of high school setting because this was a teen team, a, a team of teens. Yeah. They were teens when they started. And then the, some of them were teens in the revival because the... The Volume 5 one had some original members, so they would have been, based on comic book time, probably late 20s. Um, And then there were some that were early 20s, and some were outright teenagers. It's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I did like the idea of Night Thrasher, because it always seems to be Night Thrasher says, shit, the the world is bad. I gotta throw together another team of new warriors. Because it's always... (laughs) The, every volume starts with Night Thrasher saying, "I gotta, I gotta pull, push the button, and put the new warrior signal in the air, and assemble a team of superheroes to fight villains." And then the Avengers take credit for our first few jobs. <laughs> so we start in the '90s in the show. I kind of all over the place. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of building blocks I have to establish for my idea of this uh, wa- new warriors, and this is a TV show. I should mention as well. Yeah, and this TV show. Half of it is going to take place in the 90s with the first New Warriors team. Okay. And half of it takes place in the modern day. Okay. And so we go to the 90s, and we have a majority of the original New Warriors members. So Night Thrasher, I mentioned, his deal is that he is a black kid who... I don't know if this is in the comics, but in the... I also forgot to mention, there was an unaired TV pilot they made... That featured some classic New Warriors members, but also some people who had never been involved in the New Warriors, including Squirrel Girl, was going to be in it. Huh. And that was, like, it was supposed to air on ABC, and then they never picked it up, and then it was going to be on Freeform, and they never picked it up. And, like, the the cast tried to use it to replace Roseanne when people remembered that Roseanne was a terrible person, but instead that just got turned into the Connors. Yeah. So there's a whole ass New Warrior series that's just sitting on a shelf somewhere in the ABC vaults that I'll probably never see the light of day, even on Disney Plus. Yeah. New Mutants is gonna get released before we see the New Warriors pilot. Likely. <laughs> um, but anyways, his real name is Dwayne Michael Taylor, and he's basically Batman. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the TV Tropes page so, and it says that yeah, XB of Batman. Yeah, and because he he was born into a wealthy family, and then his parents were murdered before his eyes, and so he decides to take to the streets and fight crime. Um, and obviously, right off the bat, the fact that it's a black kid instead of a white kid just puts the whole thing into new perspective. Yeah. But also, he's more fun than Batman because his pa- he's more of like a gizmo guy. Well, I guess Batman Batman is kind of gizmos too. But Batman doesn't have a skateboard that turns into tonfas. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of writers tend to forget that uh, Batman is the gadget ninja guy. Yeah. I have plans for Batman, too. Don't worry. I'm coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Night Thrasher, yeah, he basically has the same origin story as Batman. Then he got his gadget. He's got his high-tech skateboard. I love the high-tech skateboard. Yeah. And so he ends up bringing together the team of new warriors. And so here, who he brings together is, we've got Speedball, who is a kid with the power of bounce. Okay. 
So what he does is he can absorb kinetic energy into his body and then use that to like launch himself at high speeds oh. from surfaces. But essentially what this results in is that he can bounce around. Yeah, but it's one of those, like, if you're clever with it, it can actually be a really useful power. Yeah. Like, his, when you dig into it, his power is actually very similar to Gambit. Yeah. Because Gambit is like, he activates the kinetic energy in items and then can turn anything into a bomb. And he was like, I need something that's more of a, a, a gimmick, and so I will only use this on playing cards. <laughs> And I'm thinking back to the first episode of the X-Men animated series where, like, he <laughs> he goes into the hobby shop and buys, like, 20 decks of playing cards. <laughs> uh, and I and I wonder I wonder if those are, like, tax-deductible. Can, can he send this receipt in and say it's, it's for work as an X-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Anything's possible <laughs> in, the mar- in a superhero universe. That's extremely true. The uh, apparently the police have a specific code for when a robot is attacking the UN. <laughs> but then again, I bet Doctor Doom has attacked the the UN with a robot. Oh, absolutely! Oh, oh, Doctor Doom, <laughs> how I appreciate thee. <laughs> I'm honestly looking forward to when they introduce him into the movies. Um, I don't, that's, uh, it's either gonna, they're either gonna do exactly what I want, or it's just gonna be a generic doomsday villain and I'll be bored out of my mind. Eh, we'll see, maybe they're, they realize, oh yeah, you hold off on Doctor Doom, he's someone you build up to. See, I prefer the Doctor Doom, who is more concerned with running a country than fighting the Fantastic Four anymore, and he's a weird adoptive father to super intelligent children. Ah. And his hobbies inc- include trapping Yo- Loki inside a time cube and then installing it as an art exhibit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's that. But you also got to remember that uh, Doom has fought like cosmic level entities, so that's why I'm like, you build up to him. Yeah. So, anyways, so who have I gone through? I've gone through Night Thrasher. I went through Speedball. Speedball is also the guy who was semi responsible for the explosion in Stamford. Because he attempted to take down a villain named Nitro, and but Nitro had like his powers boosted so that he could explode more. And yeah, they wiped out an entire town, including an elementary school. And so Speedball went through some understandable depression, but it was very hard to take seriously because he completely redid his style. He renamed himself Penance, and he put himself in a costume that had needles on the inside of it so that he could feel the pain of every life that he took. Oh, boy. So it's like, I would love to take your trauma seriously, but you have uh, decided to become number one edgelord of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. And then we have Marvel Boy, also known as Vance Astro, also known as, I think at some point he was Captain Astro. I think at some point it was also Captain America. (laughs) Well, Oh, but he's currently Justice. Okay, Um, He is a legacy character. To his alternate reality self, Vance Astro. Yes. From the future, who's a member of the of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh! <laughs> but we're not going to worry about that. Instead, we're going to just focus on Lance Astrovic, mainly known as Justice, who has the power of t- uh, telekinesis, and really, that's it. That's still a potential, like, OP power. I'm looking at you, Jean Grey. Yeah, like, if you're good at telekinesis, you can do whatever you want, really. Lance... Uh, his main thing is the telekinesis, and he's very he's very much like a classic cape hero. He would not be out of place in DC when it comes down to aesthetic and characterization. Yeah. And he also comes from an abusive household. Uh, his dad took out all of his issues on him. They did fall into the generic excuse of his dad was a closeted gay man, and so because he could never cr- uh, gr- uh, come out and accept himself, he extended became an abuser. And we can move away from that. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you right now. The specific way we'll move away from that is I'm going to make Justice gay, and his dad is just a bigot. Okay. No weird, uncomfortable Freudian implications. It, it's just run-of-the-mill, terrible parenting yeah. with no sympathy. Yeah. Freudian excuse is no excuse. You can have all, all the trauma in the world doesn't excuse you deciding to hurt other people. Yeah. Next, we'll have not Starfire. Oh, um, Firestar. That's her yeah. name. Oh, wait, hmm, I wonder where that name came from. Yeah, 
So, Firestar, a.k.a. Angelica Jones, she is not an alien. Rather, she is just a mutant. She's actually uh, originated in a Spider-Man cartoon called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, where Spider-Man would hang out with his good friends Firestar and Iceman. So, Firestar is basically the Marvel version of Harley Quinn, in which she was introduced in a cartoon and then popular enough that she was recursively put back into the comics. Okay. Um, she has the power of fire, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah, um, microwave generation, manipulation, emission, immunity, psychic resistance, and the ability to see electromagnetic transmissions by broadcast systems. That's actually a pretty neat set. I didn't. I was not aware of those um, parts. It's on TV trips. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, I'm just mainly I'm looking at the main list of characters, the members on Wikipedia. Okay. Because there's, there's two members that I'm not going to put in, uh, or I'm not sure if I want to put in. So one of them is Nova. Okay. And Nova, the Nova Corps in Marvel are basically their version of the Green Lantern Corps, yeah. uh, but not nearly as interesting because it's literally just shoot lasers instead of any kind of energy constructs or attachment to emotions or anything. Yeah. They're literally just space cops. And honestly, at this point, Nova has kind of established itself as its own thing that I feel like bringing the Nova Corps into the new Warriors would have to be a season all on its own. We can't just say, oh, and by the way, Nova's here. Yeah. You have to actually have a whole, make it a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other character, kind of similar, is that they have a lot of continuity baggage, is Namorita. Oh, yeah. Uh, where she, she's either the sister or cousin or daughter or some relation to Namor. Yeah. And they haven't introduced Namor yet, so... Well, okay, here's the other thing. I'm not connecting this to the MCU at okay. all. This is its own standalone own thing. The, th the great thing about the DC TV shows right now is that they don't give a shit about connecting to each other, except specifically for the Arrowverse. And, like, the Arrowverse had some nods to the other shows where it's like, yeah, they're on separate Earths. But I've mentioned this before. Now they are very specifically keeping everything on Earth Prime, they're not worrying about dimensional travel right now because they put all the important dimensions on this into the same dimension now. Okay. I'm sure in a few years, Barry is going to like run headfirst into the source wall and accidentally break through into Earth yeah. Two. But I'm not. I'm not waiting with bated breath on like, oh boy, here's the crossover between Supergirl and Doom Patrol because that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I don't really want it to happen. I like the DC shows being standalone because they don't have to worry about what's happening on other DC shows. And that's kind of what kills the MCU, and especially the MCU shows, is that they are so... They tried so desperately to hang on to being attached to the movies. Mm. But the only one that ever managed to get, like, really canonized was Agent Carter. Yeah. Everyone else was, like, treated so derisively and just tossed aside by the movie people. And there's a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, but it's honestly, like, at a certain point you want to say... Don't even bother trying to stick with the continuity. Yeah. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is essentially in its own continuity now. They, but, but they've also got time travel going on, and I haven't seen... They're almost done their last season. I haven't watched any episodes. I gotta catch up. Yeah. I think Agent Carter has the advantage of, like, they're in the past enough compared to where the Marvel movies are in their continuity that it can kind of do whatever it wants. Yeah. And they were kind of the darling of the studios as well. Yeah. But but the point the point I'm trying to make is that I am over the MCU in terms of interconnectedness. I would rather us be able to get back to the part where we could have ten different Marvel shows on the network and we don't have to worry about how they connect to each other because it's not relevant. Okay. And so like there are certain characters I'm and certain aspects of the universe that I'm going to cut out just because it brings in too many questions. Mm. So I think, the, like, all of Atlantis and all the Nova Corps, I think those would each have to be their own seasons, really. Yeah. Firestar and Justice, and I think Speedball as well, they're all mutants, but I'm not going to do anything involving the X-Men. I'm just going to say, hey, sometimes people have superpowers. Yeah. Just no real explanation, they just do. Yeah. And then, so as for some... Taking those two out of the original lineup, I'm going to put in some later members. So the first one is going to be Silhouette. Yeah. Uh, real name Silhouette Cord. She has the power to manipulate shadows and the Dark Force dimension. and But her uh, cool thing is that she's also paraplegic. Oh, yeah. In the comics, she was shot in the spine because she was attacked by drug dealers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And since Silhouette is another black character, I 
just the implications of always putting the black characters with something related to drug dealing is iffy. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, you know what? No, she was born like this. Yeah. It's a from birth thing. And, but hey, the fact that she is paraplegic has not, does not have any impact on her powers. Yeah. Because she can prop herself up with her shadows or just with her crutches, which were later replaced with super high tech crutches that Night Thrasher made while they were dating. Cool. And now she can beat the shit out of you with her crutches and also the power of shadows from hell. Nice. So she's going to be an original, uh, um, an originating character. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to put Turbo in there. And Turbo is really interesting because there's two versions of Turbo. Or not two versions, there's two people. So Turbo was really just the name of the costume oh. that has the power of wind turbines. <laughs> you can fly and you can shoot big gusts of air. It's great. Uh, it was specifically used to fight Rom Space Knight. Or like that's what it was designed for. Oh, okay. And so if we do want to get into that, that could be the same season that the Nova Corps show up because we can just put the Nova Corps and the Space Knight and the Diarrhea's all in one thing. But also, the Space Knight and Rom, the rights to them are a whole mess, and I don't think Marvel is allowed to acknowledge that Rom ever existed. Like, they did do... Yeah, this is IDW, so... Yeah, see, that's the thing. (laughs) Rom has been banished from Marvel. The Space Knights still exist, but they're actually the Venom symbiotes. Huh. (laughs) Now. Hmm. That might be interesting. Venom Space Knight was fun. Venom Space Knight was fun. He saved a baby panda. Aww. Well, it was a space baby panda, but still. It's baby panda. <laughs> um, but the superhero Turbo, it was a suit worn by two friends, Mike Jeffries and Mickey Masashi. Mm-hmm. And so Mickey, she just wanted to use it to travel the world and go on like a global shopping spree. Whereas yeah. Mike actually wanted to fight crime with it. And then at a certain point in the New Order's history, Mike died, and so Mickey took up the torch as Turbo. Cool. And so I'm going to put those two into the starting lineup of the New Warriors as well. But here's the thing. I mentioned that this is a show that's a little bit about legacy. So we have the original New Warriors in the 90s. Yeah. But something is going to happen to the New Warriors that causes the team to break up. And I'm thinking maybe it'll be... Michael's death, or I think the better one would be maybe they have their own equivalent of the Stanford incident in the 90s. Something does still happen with Speedball, and he explodes. Mm. And maybe it doesn't do as much damage as it does, but it'll just be like the the last horrible thing that happened to them in their superhero careers on top of everything else that has happened to them. Because... Yeah. Maybe they could get over one teammate dying, especially like if they die in the line of duty. But having yeah. two teammates die and a lot of civilian casualties, that's going to mess them up. And so they're all probably going to split up and go their separate ways. Yeah. But hey, now it's like 25, 30 years later, and Dwayne Taylor has now become a teacher at the local high school. Okay. And he sees that crime is going up, and specifically some kind of superpower crimes are happening in town. Mm-hmm. And he's like, shit, like, do we need to bring the new warriors back together? But he can't get a hold of any of his old teammates. And then around the same time, he starts noticing that, hey, there's a lot of teen vigilantes seem to be popping up. Maybe I should pull them together and teach them. And so once again, Night Thrasher brings together some superpowered teens. And this time, he's recruiting from characters that came predominantly from the fifth volume. My favorite volume. Okay. Now, once again, there is a Nova in that volume. We're not going to worry about him. Okay. There is also one of the Scarlet Spiders. We're not going to worry about him either. In fact, there will probably be none Scarlet Spiders just on account of, again, the Spider-Man mythos is a whole thing, and it's not worth it to try bringing in just bits and pieces of it. Yeah. But we did have... Uh, Sayla Burke, a.k.a. Sun Girl, okay. who she is basically, she could have been Ironheart. If she got more attention, she could have been Ironheart because she was she's a genius engineer who put together her own solar-powered power armor Neat. that came with like energy blasts and concussive blasts and just the design. I really like the design. Yeah, pretty. Then we had Mark Sim, a.k.a. Heichi. And he is a Korean student. During the Terrigen mists that spread across all of Earth and activated everyone who had latent in human physiology in the comics, mm-hmm. uh, he turned into an human, and his he got like a horn on his head. 
and then he gained the power to absorb energy blasts and like just all kinds of energy. And then when he ate enough, he could turn into a dragon. Cool. Uh, and then there was Hummingbird, a.k.a. Aracely Penalba. And she does tie into uh, Kane Parker, Scarlet Spider's solo series in the sense that he had to... So he rescued her from a human trafficking ring. Mm. And then she, she kind of became his ward just because he wanted to make sure she was still okay. And his new friends, like, emphasized that he was a good influence on her, mm-hmm. even though he doubted that, because he's Kane Parker. Yeah. The, the, the bad boy of the spider clones. <laughs> Multiple spider clones. Um, but Erasely has the power, she can do some magic spells, but her main power is, like, emotion manipulation. So yeah. she can make people feel fear, like, a specific fear, like arachnophobia, or just a generalized panic sense. Uh, she could also read auras and stuff. She is kind of... I feel like she's the closest Marvel has to a Raven character. Okay. Like, not not even... Oh, wait, Zatanna's DC anyways. Yeah, no, there really aren't any other Raven equivalents other than Erasely. Yeah. Um, Erasely is also potentially a reincarnation of <laughs> the Aztec... Oh, gosh, which deity was it? Uh, I think it's Huitzil... I can't pronounce it. It's spelt Huitzilopochtli. Uh, oh, hang on. Modern Nahual pronunciation. Let me let me hear that again. Huitzilopochtli. Okay. Uh, but she's potentially a reincarnation of that deity. Yeah, because um, he took on the form of a hummingbird and all that. Yeah, and so she takes hummingbird as her superhero name. Here's the thing: is that her comic, like the stuff that she appeared in, was predominantly written by white people. So, ah. like. She apparently she tied into the end of the fifth era and the beginning of the sixth creation, and also connected to a coyote deity. But like this is this is mythology that like it goes beyond just Latino representation. This is this is actually like First Nations indigenous cultures that were wiped out by the conquistadors, and so you want to have someone who is actually part of the culture involved in this. And I. This is the thing is I really want I think Hummingbird is a really cool character and I would love her to be involved in this show but this is like if I'm if I'm manifesting this show in my imaginary mind space I would say even the showrunner needs to be well versed in Aztec stuff and be part of the culture so that it is done properly. Yeah. Cuz the white people can do as much representation as they can, but at a certain point, you gotta you gotta say no. Like, please just get it from the source. Get it from the people who actually know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And there has been a lot of uh, reassessment of Aztec culture in recent years. Um, not as bloody as they were, but they were their own conquering force back in the day, so people didn't like them. But yeah, I mean, no one's saying that the. First Nations and indigenous cultures didn't go to war with each other. Yeah. People are people. It's just that there was... <laughs> it was... Uh, it was never on the scale as the colonization. Yeah. And of course, the conquistadors are only going to save the parts that they found interesting. Mm-hmm. Or the parts that they could use to paint them as savages. Yeah. And conveniently don't write down their own terrible barbaric deeds. Yeah. Or they did, but they thought it made them look cool. But yeah, so that's like that's what we would need for Hummingbird, but we need Hummingbird. Hummingbird is mandatory. Yes. And of course, because I cut out a whole bunch of characters as well, we do have some spots open for, like, in this new version. So maybe this is where we can bring in the new New Warriors. Because it comes... I, I want to say it comes from a place of well-meaning, but I don't even think that. I think it comes from a place of, we need some queer money. We need, we need the queers to buy our book. Yeah. So I would say introduced... A character similar to uh, to Snowflake, and a character similar to actually no, I'm just I'm just bringing in Snowflake and B negative. <laughs> Those are the only two that get a pass. <laughs> Everyone else is a little bit too cringe. <laughs> um, but Snowflake will definitely have. Actually, you know what? Let me check something. Maybe we can do a composite character. Okay. Because. So the other major Marvel team is the Runaways, mm-hmm. and Runaways already had their show. I haven't finished watching the show, but from what I can tell, it's a really good show, especially because they did the canon lesbians so well that that recursed uh, back into the comics. The show was canon lesbians before the comics were canon lesbians. Oh, cool. Um, okay, so in the Secret Wars alternate universe version of Runaways, 
there weren't any original Runaways members in it. Instead, it was a whole bunch of, oh no, Molly Hay was, was in it. But she's the only original Runaways character to appear. Everyone else is like a different teen hero from a different universe. But Secret Wars was a whole time crash mess. Um, but they also had an original character in the Secret Wars Runaways called Frostbite. So hey, what if we just take Frostbite and combine her with the concept of the non-binary character Snowflake? And then we have the non-binary character Frostbite, who still has ice powers. I have solved your your Snowflake puzzle. <laughs> and Frostbite is a way better superhero name. Yes. Because we as Canadians do know how bad Frostbite is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so how long have we been going? Uh, okay, not too bad. Hour. I thought I spent like an entire hour just telling you who characters were. <laughs> no, it's fine. So yeah, so we have our original team in the 90s and we have our modern team in the present day. And a majority of the show would basically be flashing back and forth between the two eras, showing how the original New Warriors got their start, showing how the new version of the New Warriors get their start, how Night Thrasher is able to convince both variations, uh, how best to like go about their abilities. He ends up becoming their unofficial leader in the 90s, but their official official leader in present day because he's the only adult. <laughs> oh my god, he's like Tommy Oliver! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> That's brilliant! I have created New Warriors Dino Thunder! <laughs> I was actually holding my tongue on that premise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it is a little bit different because uh, Night Thrasher is actively seeking out teens to train to be superheroes, whereas in Dino yeah. Thunder, everyone literally just stumbled onto Ranger powers. Like, Tommy wasn't even trying to create Rangers, they just accidentally, like, got, like, infused with the power of space Dinosaur. meteorite magic, and Tommy goes, ah, oh, fuck, guess you have to be Rangers now. Well, at least I can, uh, show you the ropes. <laughs> Listen, I'm very sorry that you've accidentally become superheroes, but now that you have, like, magical powers, can you help fight my ex-boyfriend? <laughs> we can also introduce other characters, because obviously the New Warriors roster would grow in the past, yeah. and it would also grow in the future. Yeah. So eventually they, we could bring in other characters. Like, we could, we could have a whole Nova season that introduces the original Richard Ryder Nova in the 90s, and then we can have the... Sam Alexander Nova in the present day because Sam Alexander like when it comes to legacy characters in Marvel he is like the deepest most deeply entrenched in legacy tropes because not only is he like inheriting the main Nova title from Richard Rider who was presumed dead but also his father who was not Richard Rider was a Nova before and the reason Sam gets picked to be a Nova is because like his father's helmet seeks him out and then also I think his little sister became a Nova for a little bit okay um See, the other thing, though, is that if we were to do something with Nova, I would really like to see the Secret Wars version of the Nova characters, which I can't find them. Oh, the, ba the Bakian family. Uh, Anwen Bakian and her family were, I believe they were South African. Okay. And this is like in a different universe where basically uh, Earth was invaded by big ol' insects, ah. and they were stuck in the insect section of Doomworld. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, but basically, her mom was part of the Nova Corps, and she's able to get back to Earth, and she gives the whole family Nova stars. Um, and so it's a whole family that has Nova powers, and then also, like, but the dog can't come with us! And the, her, her mom is like, I'm sorry, but dogs can't be Novas. But then the dog became a Nova anyway. So I have no idea how we'd be able to factor in the Bakian family, uh, unless we like just straight up replace Sam Alexander with the Bakian family. But I I don't know I don't know how that would go over. And also I just like the Bakian family deserves their whole ass own movie. Yeah, they only appeared in six issues of comics. They haven't even gotten like a uh, main Earth an Earth six one six variation. But I want them. I need them. Bring them back. <laughs> um, gosh, who else was there? Oh, there was Darkhawk. And his whole thing was that he, much like Turbo, he had a thing of powered armor. Okay. It had the unfortunate side effect of making him a lot more aggressive. Mm. And I feel like Darkhawk could even be one of the first villains that the New Warriors face. Um, or like the, the modern New Warriors face. 
where it could be the same guy. It could still be Christopher Powell stuck in the Darkhawk armor, but it's gotten to the point where he can't take it off and he's almost being controlled by it. And maybe the first six episodes of a 13 episode season are them trying to get him out of it. And then eventually they'll determine that like he's was basically being used as a pawn by one of the old New Warriors villains who, let me check who the New Warriors villains were anyways. I think one of them was like a cabal of kung fu martial arts people. There's the enemy section. Um, there was the folding circle, and yeah, they're all martial artists and stuff. There was also the Force of Nature, which was an eco-terrorist group. Um, and then there was a group called Heavy Metal, but it's spelled M-E-T-T-L-E. Oh, here we go. They all have uh, power armor as well. Neat. So maybe maybe Heavy Metal are the first villains for the original New Warriors, and then one of them ends up being the big bad for the second generation of the New Warriors. Okay. Uh, let's see. They fought one scroll. Just one. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh, God. So apparently the archenemy of the new New Warriors, which remember, it's, we haven't gotten into detail, but I'd, I need to remind the audience that the Volume 6 of the New Warriors, the one that was supposed to come out this year, was the one where everyone was basically based on a social justice concept. Mm. So there's Snowflake, and they were non-binary, and they're trying, they're quote-unquote reclaiming the term. Uh, then there was their brother Safe Space, who had the power of force fields around anyone but himself, but also his name was Safe Space. Um, and then there was Screen Time, who, um, experimental internet gas, um, then there was Trailblazer, who has a magic backpack, but also she's we're pretty sure she's Native American, and it just invokes weird iconography with like uh like trail trail of tears stuff. Um and then there's B Negative, who's just a nineties goth vampire in the 2020s, and he's the only member of the new New Warriors who's valid. <laughs> Anyways, apparently their arch enemy of the new New Warriors Volume 6 2020 is a guy named Captain Manspreader. And I'm about to hurl Mar the entirety of the Marvel uh, CEO ship out of a window. <sighs> Look, I'm trying to be better than my neighbors and like not create too much noise. So I am internally screaming with frustration. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a it's a whole ass mess, and I don't <sighs> like it. So Captain Man Spider will not be appearing. <laughs> Or if he does, he'll be a really he'll be a shitty side villain. He'll he can be the new warriors equivalent of the cod piece. <laughs> oh. oh, do you know about the cod piece? No, I don't know <laughs> the cod piece. So the the cod piece is, was actually a DC character. He was he appeared in I think just one issue of Doom Patrol, and it was an issue that introduced uh, a trans woman character. I can't remember her human name, but her superhero name was Coagula because she had the power to melt things. Okay. And so she's just like walking around, living her life, and then some guy shows up with a giant laser attached to his dick. Ew. And he's like, "I'm the cod piece. I'm firing lasers at everything." And so Coagula throws on a frog mask and runs up and just melts the cod piece, his cod piece, his laser cod piece. And then the Doom Patrol's like, "Hey, you're pretty rad. You want to join our group of superpowered misfits?" Okay. Join the Doom Patrol. We got a man who's a robot. A man who doesn't exist. A stretchy lady. A gay road. Oh, boy. Uh, I gotta watch Doom Patrol because apparently they did just go all in. Okay. We'd like to introduce our new member, Daniel. He is a road what is gay. <laughs> um, let's, just take the, let's just take the new warriors and make them into the Marvel equivalent of Doom Patrol instead. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other stuff. Um, oh yeah, I mentioned that Lance is gay. Speedball will also be gay. As someone who has only ever read Volume 5 of New Warriors, I've decided that they're boyfriends. Okay. Um, and then in the second generation, I'm gonna say that Mark is also going to be queer because the, the, of the very small nuggets of backstory we actually got for him like when New Warriors Volume 5 was happening... He got kicked out of his family because of his inhuman powers. Huh. And so I just, instead of using inhumans as a metaphor for queer stuff was weird. Uh, and during that time when they were trying to replace the X-Men with the inhumans, 
because the X-Men was something that was inherently you, whereas becoming an Inhuman was something that happened to you. And it does did kind of warp the metaphor into being gay is something that happens to you. Yeah. And I do like the Inhumans, and I love the Inhumans revival, but that metaphor doesn't work. But I like through all of that, filtered through all of that, I think it makes sense to make Mark queer and to have him have family issues because of it, but also because I don't want this to be trauma for everybody, well, except yeah. for the 90s people, but that's part of the plot. Um, but it would be nice if uh, his family actually eventually does get better and they stop being nasty about it. And maybe not even super nasty about it, but just... They, they say very um, passive-aggressive stuff about it, but eventually they realize how passive-aggressive they are, and they're like, hey, we're sorry, we were in the wrong, you're our boy and we love you. Yeah. Uh, Sun Girl can also be queer, because if there's anything that sapphics love, it's powered armor. Yes. Um, oh yeah, I also... I wanted the character Time Slip to be brought in at some point, uh, mainly because her costume is dope as hell. Yeah. It's like... It, it could cover a bit more skin. I mean, actually, it covers a good amount of skin, just the bearing of the midriff is weird. But it's basically... Um, if you take a sari, because she's a, an Indian character, but if you take a sari and you combine it with like a magical girl outfit, but also combine it with just the best of gritty 90s aesthetics, <laughs> it's immaculate, and I adore it. And also she has time travel powers, so there could very easily be a plot where she is a member of both the original New Warriors and the new New Warriors. Yeah, those are very convenient powers. Yeah. Um, gosh, so many members of the New Warriors were mutants. But uh, we are not looking at the X-Men whatsoever. I want this I want this to be as self-contained as possible. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about the baggage of other continuities creeping in. Like if if they're associated with smaller um power superpower teams, like we could bring in the power pack. Yeah. Because at some point one of them, um uh, Alex you know, Power Pack is on my list of reboots, and so we'll get into that at some point. Basically, yeah. the Power Pack was a team of four children, like actual prepubescent children, who each okay. of them got a different superpower, and then they found out that they could trade superpowers with each other. Neat. And at some point, when they got older, most of them wanted to retire, and so they just gave all of their powers to Alex, and then Alex became Power Packs, and then at some point, he was a member of the New Warriors. Um, and then there's also Julie Power, who I think she grew up to become a lesbian. Yes, she did. Good for yeah. her. It's just... Did she date Carolina? Yes, she... Okay, so Carolina... Carolina Dean from Runaways, who had the power of being a lesbian who could glow in the dark and fly. <laughs> no, really. Um, so... Okay, okay. Hang on. I have, I, enough, I have enough time to say one more plot point. So, okay, so the first season... They'll be dealing with the armored of a uh, bunch of power armor uh, people. Second season can be time shenanigans, and we can involve yeah. time slip and uh, Lance Vance Bass Astrovic's uh, future <laughs> past space self alter from an alternate timeline. Time is warped and space is bendable is the theme of the season. Extremely. <laughs> um, season three can be the Nova Corps. And then, or maybe that's season four. But we can also have a season about the loners. Or Excelsior. So the Excelsior was a basically started as a former teen hero support group mm -hmm. that appeared in the original Runaways run. When so it had people like it had Mickey, who we've talked about, she was Turbo, and it had the the guy who was in the Dark Hawk armor. It also had Julie Power of Power Packs. If we introduced Power Pack beforehand, she could be part of that as well. Yeah. Um, it had a, one of the Spider-Man sidekicks in there, too, and I think there was one of the Red Ronins. But basically, they uh, started off as a group that wanted to try and stop teen heroes from being teen heroes because it was super dangerous. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they became their own team of heroes. Um, and I'll, then I never read their actual, like, comic. All I know is that every uh, cover of their comic was a shout-out to a different John Hughes film. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, there could be a season where, like, after Night Thrasher 
has been training with the new warriors for a few years then like his old some of his old teammates like mickey comes out of retirement alongside julie and chris and they're like hey we formed this group called excelsior and we think that teens should stop being heroes because it's extremely dangerous do you remember what happened to speedball he exploded and then actually hmm, let's let's think let me think so if we have we have the power armor arc in the first season the time travel in the second season and we could do nova in the third season and then fourth season could be the Excelsior and the Loners. And then that could also lead up to the return of Speedball as Penance. And then him managed to actually, like, you know, get therapy. We love it when heroes get therapy. Yes. And then fourth season is also graduation. Yay! Yay! I'm a sucker for any graduation plotline. Yeah. So, yeah, this has mostly just been an hour of me gushing about the characters that are very cool and should be in New Warriors, and you should bring New Warriors back and do it properly instead of whatever the fuck you're trying to do this year. Stop it, Marvel. Stop it. (sighs) Give me control! (laughs) That's all we want. We want control of Marvel and DC, and then we do whatever we want, and continuity is just something that, I don't know, the nerds can take care, can, like, catalog for us. No, here's the thing, though. Um, As an agent of chaos... I have to let you know that if I ever got control over, like, Marvel and the rights of their IPs, I would immediately just release everyone into the public domain. (laughs) Now everyone can write their own Spider-Man story and publish it legally. Oh, I was going to make a joke that we could put Spider-Man into a Once Upon a Time reboot, but we already could do that. Thanks, Disney. (laughs) (sighs) Is there anything else that you could think to add to this, or... <laughs> no, it seems pretty straightforward, and I'm all for just a not having to tie everything in together with the Marvel continuity. Besides, like their first big story arc is done, so who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, I I really don't. <laughs> I I've had a moment of time. I've taken this time of self reflection. I've decided that I don't actually care about the MCU as much as I thought I did. <laughs> it was a very cool thought experiment, but now its time has passed. Society has progressed past the need for the MCU. Uh, yeah, besides, comic book continuity only kind of happened because, like, they, like, a comic book company would own a bunch of superheroes and they would have them crossover, and people only realized that there was a continuity in retrospect. Yeah. The the big interconnected continuity is fine in comics because you have so many different avenues of telling the story and you're always putting out new material that can like keep you can keep track of things. But when it comes to like film and television, because you're only amount releasing X amount of content per year, yeah. then it becomes a lot more restrictive. Yeah. And so that's why I'd say that at least with I I get why the movies are the way they are, and it's gonna be a while before we can ever escape them. But at least with the TV shows, like the TV shows that aren't attached to Disney Plus, they can just be their own thing, please. So that seems like a good place to finish off. So before we get into friendship promo, as always, want to remind you to donate to as many good causes as you can. Find GoFundMe's for uh, marginalized people who are losing their homes, losing their health, trying to get uh, into safer places, trying to just affirm their genders, all that great stuff. Donate to charities, donate to food banks, uh, support protests, go to protests if you can, but also social distance and wash your hands. Um, And if you see J.K. Rowling in the flesh, run up to her and just kick her. Yeah. And on that note, let's go to a friendship promo! Our faces are mere inches away from one another. His breath tickles the side of my neck. I can hear his heart pounding in his chest. I can... I can feel him, too. They're slammed against each other. The heat of them combined are hotter than the sun beating down on my back. I stare down at him, expecting to see embarrassment or bewilderment in his eyes. Instead, his eyes are dilated, glazed over with want. His cheeks are red, and I notice the way he licks his lips. I want to. We can't. Fuck Humans, an LGB erotica podcast. That's Fuck Humans on most podcast apps, but screw humans on Apple Podcasts. So, 
Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. And you can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they're pronounced in a sound similar to the one that's made when you meet your alternate future past space self. Time's a flat circle. I think uh, through the course of this episode we've established it's anything but. <laughs> uh, anyways, you can also email us at notifiedbeatyoufirst at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or your favorite member of the New Warriors, I guess. Should we include Squirrel Girl? Let us Send us an email saying whether Squirrel Girl should be an official member of the New Warriors. I think last time she was on the team it was the West Coast Avengers. Yeah. She might fit well with the New Warriors team. Yes. Well, I mean, they were going to put her into the original pilot. Oh, here, yeah. here we go. If you have secretly stolen the original unaired pilot of the New Warriors TV show, <laughs> email that to us. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. And if you have a friendship promo in the form of either just an audio commercial or simply a proof that you want us to read on air, then you can send us that via email as well. We do have a Patreon, but as we mentioned before, we are asking that you support more important causes than giving money to us, because we're, we're fine. Yeah. Um, and, but finally, if you do want to support us, you can rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about their other awesome shows, about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner, we got something special next week. Oh, that's right! Next week is another crossover so we are going to have some special guests and then we are going to be the special guests in return but for our show specifically the clue is that there's no question saving the earth is going to take all of us together yeah. uh but that'll all be happening next week but not if we were about you first bye